We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Happy Tuesday to all of you listening. Thank you for being with us, as always, a whole new week. And I should actually mention that you and I, in spite of having much going on, as we always talk about, <laughs> we have like three out-of-town trips in the month of November alone. Just in November. Yes. Not to mention which is great. we get to December, which is even, well, not quite December's, as much. But December only has one now, because we pushed everything yeah, that was going to be in December well, into November, so it's three it's trips. It's going to be overwhelming as it is, because Corvette film. <clears throat> but but at the same time, yeah, I'm supposed to edit an entire film during mm. the month of November as well. There's, there is that. It's, it's going to be fine. Really, it's going to be fine. But, but the reason I bring it up is because... Because you and I are always doing little tweaks behind the scenes. We're always doing other things that are not the, the oh, forward-facing stuff like oh, the TV yeah. episodes and that kind of stuff. Two we've been working on. One I'm kind of going to tease because it's not quite there yet, and that is we are going to rework our Patreon page. We do have a Patreon page. There's going to be some revamping going on on that. So that's mm-hmm. that's coming. Yeah. yeah. But if you're already a patron, great. We'd love to have you stay with us. If you already thought about being a patron, it's, it exists either way. There'll just be some changes. So that's happening. But something that is we've worked on for a while and I'm very excited about is changes to the Everyday Driver store. Yeah, yeah. The, the problem with the store has always been a few things. First off, it's not the first thing on our mind. But the second problem is that we've kind of sourced things from all over the map, okay? We are able to now kind of four wallet and kind of have it all exist on Amazon. Which is pretty cool. Yes. We're, we're starting to recommend stuff. Here. So there, there's two things going on at once. If you go to the everydaydriver.com, go to our website and click the store tab, you will wind up on Amazon where you can see the TV seasons. You can see the films. You can see the T-shirts. And the T-shirts are slowly populating there, just so you know. The, the, yes. The, the, all the merchandising and stuff is always on its way. But then it goes beyond the, yeah. that because it's Amazon. We can also do the Amazon recommends thing. And we can show you the gear we use, the movies we recommend, the books you've talked about, Paul, that are the design books. They're on there. You want them one click away? There's, there's those design books. There's a few up there right now. I'm going to add more. Mm-hmm, but we mm-hmm. want to actually curate this whole list, whatever it is. Yeah. It, it, doesn't need to be, you know, 15 pages of just stuff. That it doesn't need to be. This is true, yeah. We've got to restrain ourselves a little bit, but just stuff that you've heard us talk mm-hmm. about on the podcast mm-hmm. a little bit. I do want to put some design resources because there have been a few of you, well, actually quite a few of you have mm-hmm. written and said, hey, where do I get either started in car design, mm-hmm. point me down the road, or just more of an education, or if it's something that interests you, yeah. anything like that, industrial design, product design, that kind of thing. I do want to put up some good stuff up there. I might sure. add some furniture, actually, just to spice it up a little <laughs> yeah. bit. You'll end up with watches up there, too. furniture design. But, There'll be a little bit of that, but I don't want to overdo do it. That's, well, it's not going to be crazy agreed, here. Agreed. And, and of course, it leads with all of our stuff, which is very cool. I'm glad yeah, you can get that through yeah. Amazon now as well. But the nice thing here is this this will be a place where when you and I talk about a product that we use, like personally use, I'm not talking about sponsor stuff, even though we'll have, like there's Griot stuff right, up there because right. I want you to have Griot stuff. But but in general, like I've talked about movies. You've talked about tire cradles. We've uh-huh. talked about random things, the <laughs> stuff we use to shoot the show. You're curious about what that stuff is. You may want it for yourself. This is a hub where you can find it now. Plus, get our stuff, and you don't have to leave the page. I love that. I do like that movies that you and I talk about, mm-hmm. whatever that is, yeah, if yeah. you give an example of you know, good directing or something like that, and people starting to appreciate movies for the writing or the directing or something else, Hopefully. I like that you'll be able to throw that up there and say, hey, yeah. you know what? Let's add it to the influencer page. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's add it up there just yeah, so yeah. you can see it. 
you know, you might already own it. You might have never heard of it. But I yeah. think a, a good way to share the things that we're talking about mm-hmm. is obviously it's a podcast. You can't see what's in front of us on totally. the screens. Totally. You know, you can't see that. But if we can recommend that and put that up there, I think it'll be we, – we have to be careful. We can't go we're nuts. Not gonna, we can't be creepy and insane about it. Yeah, but but we'll, the thing is we'll we, we sometimes get some emails after the fact where, where you, one of you will write us or send us a, a Facebook message. And we love this where you're like, okay, hey, on the podcast you talked about this. Where can I find it? And we realize this is the way to accomplish that. So if you just think yeah. of it, you go to everydaydriver.com, hit the store button. You'll find one of the things we talked about. If there's something you'd like to see on there that's not on there, we'll take those recommendations too because it's all new to us. I'm Agreed. just glad to have Agreed. a one-stop shop reality for this. No, this is going to be cool. Well, we are podcasting before we head off to 2018 SEMA show in Las mm-hmm. Vegas, which yep. is going to be nuts. I'm already anticipating that, but I'm kind of looking forward to it, actually. SEMA, Booth Girls and Chrome. That's well, really where we're headed. There is that, that's, yes. That's where, where we're headed, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, lifted trucks and slammed cars and... Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be... The trucks are high, the cars crazy. are low... Yeah, that's what goes on at SEMA. That's pretty inventing, much the story. Just inventing taglines. I am. There. I, I see I, that. I'm a, I'm a tagline machine for SEMA. I just <laughs> kind of stand back and go, this exists. That's that's really my, my whole headspace no, at SEMA. True. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. That's if you true. see us, though, please say hello. I know a few of you have said you're going to be there. We'd love to meet you if you see us walking Absolutely. around. Absolutely. And here's the thing. It's one of those those places, like an airport, where you and I are walking around together. So That's you can go, true. wait a minute, I know who they are, I because there we guys. are walking side by side. Yep. Well, this is the place where I get to feed a little bit of the, not a lot, but the lifted, slightly lifted yeah. trucks, and I do appreciate some things about them, but... A lot of these trucks will never see a smidge of dirt. No. They will never be no. taken off road. They will never be used on a ranch or camping or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I lean more towards the Icon 4x4 and yeah. the Earth Roamers. I want an Earth Roamer it's like inexplicable. you wouldn't yeah. believe. I want to plan a trip around an Earth Roamer <laughs> and get an Earth Roamer. I wonder if they have press cars. Could we pull uh, that ooh, off, an Earth Roamer press are, car? They're not far from us, actually. I they're know. only in Colorado. That'd One be an interesting away. question, actually. Uh, we can, I, we can well, at least give them a call and ask that question. Two, two thoughts that remind me that I'm thinking of that <laughs> happened last year at SEMA. One, you just – Paul just kind of dazes out standing by some post-apocalyptic <laughs> truck. I just kind wander – I didn't it's, know you could screw that item to that like truck. It's like a truck built for the zombie apocalypse. And I'm idea. standing in the aisleway, and Paul's just like getting drawn in like it's the muses singing to him. He's just getting drawn in and standing there like, oh, I'm siren song scenario. of the Jeep. I'm in the outback, and a grill folds out from the side of the truck, <laughs> and I could grill out right there? And then the other thing, you were really? talking about some of these are never going to see dirt. I remember last year, oh, yeah. one of the things uh, that I stopped at and stared at for a long time was they had one of the Bigfoot monster trucks there. And the reason I stopped and stared, I don't know if you remember this, was I because do, I do. it was, and I am not exaggerating, spotless. <laughs> and it was one of the ones that's been used. You could see by some of the like scrapes and stuff that this is one that's been out and been used to do the, mon- the monster truck. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It's been there it's for Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Things. It's done that. Love it. But then somebody was given the task of making it pristine. And Yeesh. I kept thinking the amount of mud and junk and how terrible was that job? I don't want that job, but somebody did. Yeah, a, a lot of these trucks. Yeah, I, I have zero interest in. But <laughs> the ones with shovels and you know canvas webbing and yeah, I, you want the I'm post-apocalyptic strangely Jeep. Inexplicably, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jerry cans on the back. Oh, I wonder what this is. <laughs> Let's investigate. But I love the cars too. Don't get me wrong. So, just, so what we need to what we need they to have do, to have some ground clearance under them. Just a little. What we bit. need to do is figure out what is the nine twenty eight given that post-apocalyptic oh. treatment. 
I would love to to ship a 928 to one of those guys and say, go nuts. <laughs> the Earth Roamer 928. I, oh, man. <laughs> Forget oh, Icon. Man. Paul's not about Singer. He wants the Earth Roamer 928. I do. What does that look like? I do. And actually, yeah. it would be intriguing, I have to say. Yeah. I want, yeah. This is I, the kind of stuff that shows up at SEMA, though. I mean, we may get there tomorrow to discover that that exists. Somebody's done yeah. it already. Mm-hmm. I, I want to go design this car and sketch it up and, and I know you do. do yeah. some livery stuff on it and... <laughs> Then never have the ability to, or money to build it. Yeah, well, there's that as Can't well. Can't wait for that. Well, guys, we've got a great Topic Tuesday for you and a cool debate after the break. Topic Tuesday comes from E&D, and he writes to us about best alternatives in each segment. So talking about underappreciated cars, mm-hmm. and really what he's asking is, you know, we recommend the usual suspects. Yeah, we have our, our kind of our, our leader in every area, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then past that, what would we recommend? For mm-hmm. example... We talk about the Cayman a lot. We, we both it's, do, it's, it's actually. It's come up. Yeah, it's been mentioned. It's come up once or twice. Yeah, a couple times. And then, we, you know, Ian's asking, well, if it's not the Cayman and mm-hmm. you don't inexplicably relate to Porsche or want one. <laughs> that exists. That I know you does. don't understand it, but I'm, I will stand I with those folks it. and be like, yep, that exists. <laughs> I'm acknowledging it and I respect it. And what car would we recommend in that category mm-hmm. and how come we don't? Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes we've said, well... We like blank car, whatever it is we've driven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this other one in its competitive class exists, and it's better, and mm-hmm. it's I'd pay the extra money, or it's cheaper, or whatever. And so yeah, we're always yeah, comparing yeah. things like that. But I do think it's a really worthy question because we drive so many at either track days or mm-hmm. just various experiences that we've had that we don't actually really get to talk about you know, the random cars that come up with mm. it, that we think, mm. you know what, this actually, I like a lot of things about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's for everyone, but I really do appreciate this sure. car. Sure, a lot sure. of things yeah. about it. Maybe it's too big or it's not a Lotus, but you know, things <laughs> do come up. Mostly they don't handle like an Elise. This is true. Yes. Really. That, that's that, that, what yeah, it comes that down doesn't to. exist otherwise. Yeah. But what Sadly. he says is he says, uh, Ian says alternatives to the BMW two series in the segment. Alternatives to the Alfa Romeo Giulia mm-hmm. in that segment. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Caymans, but then he goes on to say the Focus ST, you know, things we don't recommend, even though I feel like we've talked about the Focus ST. Off and on, yeah. Talk about the Fiesta a lot but, more. But it's, not, but it's not the winner in its segment, which is what he's, he's bringing up. He's going, what's behind the, right. the greatest hit, if you will? So is this all second or third place cars? Yeah, it's the, is that kind of what we're it's the getting just, at? It's the just mits the greatest hits album. That's what it is. It's it's stuff that you still it's like. B side cars. Oh yeah, there you go. It's the B sides. There you go. I like that. That's a good way to look at it. I mean, yeah. they're excellent. They are cool, and we still want them. We still aspire to them. I mean, there's actually I, I came up with a list of cars that I thought. I'd actually like to drive these cars, but then the one with a hundred more horsepower exists. Sure. So okay. And I, I want to jump in here. Okay, He's, great, um, great, great. He said, some people don't click with a particular car or brand. Mm-hmm. And I want to give us, because it's a Topic Tuesday, this can change. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. don't just have to name brands or get to name brands. We can name specific cars, too, that yeah, either, that. huh, I wonder why that car doesn't come up. Or maybe it's a BMW GT 3 Series that they sold 84 units of or something <laughs> like that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, so sure. feel free to name cars, too, that... Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of wonder, huh, wonder why that doesn't sell more, but maybe they're not intended to, and that's fine. Maybe they've... Maybe BMW is fine with selling six of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're confused by that, but just fine. So I, I want to bring up the Cayman to start with. Okay. Yeah. And I want to bring up my car, the GTS. Sure. And say, as an alternative, how about an Audi TT RS? 
Yeah. Car that's we good. have not driven, actually. It's good. It intrigues me a lot. And there's two in Park City that show up about this time of year and get yeah. driven like crazy until about April, and then they vanish again. And you know what? We've talked about the R8 as sort of the perfect winter car. Mm-hmm. All-wheel drive, still that mid-engine handling. Mm-hmm. It's a usable car. It's great inside. Bomb around all winter long. Yeah. Well, how about a less expensive TT as the placeholder and do the same thing as your winter sports car? Okay, I see it. I'm kind of digging. Yeah. And when I was in design school, the TT had just been designed by Freeman Thomas and mm-hmm. Jay Mays. Yeah. They had brought this out, and everybody's designs were influenced by this car. And yeah. Everybody could see, oh, you know, when you graduate design school, when are you getting your TT? I mean, it was the it car. <laughs> it yeah. really was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still see that. I'm still kind of influenced by that, what they did with you know, cleaning up Audi's design language, mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. and setting it in a new path and how that's morphed over the years. Yeah. Very interesting. But I think that car was very iconic. Absolutely. We don't it was. talk yeah. about it a lot. Yeah. Honestly, it doesn't come up in, you know, remember the baseball glove stitching that it had Completely. in there. Yeah. It was very rounded with major baseball glove it stitching. And now it's thing. become super clean inside with a lot more kind of angular styling to go with the rest of Audi. But it's right. still, you still know what it is at a glance. And, and that's a great example car of what we're talking about. That car doesn't come up because the Cayman exists. The Cayman is the better car dynamically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, generally think, I like it a little bit more styling-wise. Okay? Personally, Maybe. I do. But the Cayman will never be all-wheel drive. But the Cayman will never be all-wheel drive. And, and you know, it's... And, but here's the thing, though. If you want an all-wheel drive usable car, I'm going to go away from the TT and get you more seats and get you into a Golf. True. A GT, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to get you into a WRX or I'm going to get you into sure, a, sure. a Golf R, these kind of things. If you want more usable and you want all-wheel drive, I'm going to leave the TT, which is an oversight. I will admit that. But then if you're wanting a, I want a fun car, I'm going to go, well, you're close with the TT, but let's move on to the Cayman. So it's mm-hmm. one of those cars that gets passed over. Very solid, but it gets. it's a great example of what we're talking about here. I love that that starter. Yeah, right. Uh, what else was I looking at? Oh, M3. BMW okay. M3. Sure. We default sure, sure. to the M3. It's been a standard for so long. And I'll bet you can guess this. How about the Lexus RCF or the RC350? Yeah, as sure, sure, sure. Wow, great. I mean, what if you don't like the styling of the German? What if you don't want the mm-hmm. uh, German maintenance and the it's yeah. the care yeah. and feeding of that beast? And I just want this car to run. And all right, it's not quite as much horsepower. It's not quite as finely driver, but it's still great. Yeah, for sure. I or I'm a, actually a, a solid fan of the RC. I mean, it's not that's not an area that I shop. I'm not really an M3 shopper either, but that's not an area where I shop. But I could absolutely see somebody looking at an M3 and going, "I'm going to get an RC instead." Mm-hmm. I could actually see that argument. I was looking around Infinity's website, and that has yeah. come up a lot for me in this in mm-hmm, making some mm-hmm. lists here. The Q60 actually, yeah, the yeah, coupe yeah. has mm-hmm. come up, and I'm thinking, I remember driving this car, being pretty impressed with it, and coming away thinking, if I were driving this in a vacuum. I'd buy this all day long. Sure. But then there's M3 coupes that exist and other Mm -hmm. stuff that I Mm -hmm. want to go drive. But that car really was, it was interesting. Mm -hmm. I was really intrigued by that. It was comfortable, smooth, really fast, excellent. I didn't mind some of the handling characteristics. I mean, not trying to, you know, damning faint praise. I'm not trying to do that. But but we are dealing with the fact that this is that, that electronic steering car. That's yeah. the problem. We're dealing yeah. with that lineup, and that is that is a blow against that car. It's interesting because I actually put those two guys, the Infiniti Q60 and the Lexus RC, I put them as alts to the BMW 2 Series because I kind of picked one as of our icons. Two. Here's why. I picked one of our icons, and I figured out what's the recipe of that car, what would I get instead? So the BMW 2 Series is a mid-sized 2 plus 2 two-door car. Mm-hmm. So I go Q60 and Lexus RC. 
Yeah, I'm looking at uh, the future cars tab, future and concept vehicles. Okay. I really personally like where Infinity is going. Mm-hmm. Of course, my friend Kareem is head of design, so I'm you know very makes you want to like it more. Yeah, encouraging yeah, it. It. because you know fresh new talent, fresh everything going on there. Mm-hmm. They came out with a prototype ten in Pebble Beach. They've got the Project Black S, which I think they should build right now for enthusiasts. <laughs> yeah, but then I come to that thinking, is that just going to turn out like the Jaguar, the um, XFR? or XKR coupe, I mm, guess. Mm. They're still really expensive, a lot of horsepower. It was just crazy to drive yeah, on track. Yeah. But then there's other cars, too. I don't want them to just build a performance model just as a, hey, we can, too. Mm-hmm. I want them to set on this entirely new direction, which they are, with this mm-hmm. Prototype 10, the the uh, Prototype 9 that they came out last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gorgeous, interesting. If they combine it with some future tech and really kind of redefine themselves, mm, I mm. think they're going to be in a class by themselves because I don't see Lexus doing this. You know, I almost I feel like this is going to sound Acura weird. doing this. I almost feel like Infinity is to that area kind of what Volvo is to the big sedans and the, and the luxury SUVs. Mm-hmm. They are the oddball mm-hmm. outlier that's doing some interesting stuff. Ian, I'm looking at another Infinity, and it is, is the Red Sport the oh, sure. yeah. Q50 Red Sport 400. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. comes in rear or all-wheel drive. Yeah, yeah. 400 horsepower, 3-liter twin-turbo V6. But then the Alfa Romeo Quadrifoglio exists with 505 horsepower yeah. in a turbo V6. Yeah, agreed. And agreed. we've driven that. It's a more expensive car, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking, how do we keep forgetting about this Red Sport? It's essentially the concept came from everybody at Nissan dropping a GTR engine into a sedan. Mm-hmm. I still don't understand why they actually didn't, <laughs> because the concept was there. You were there. What? You were there. Let's let's wait. Why are we building and selling these? Why? Just here. Don't do the GTR juke. Do this. Yes. What exactly. are you doing? Why yeah. did that thing get built? And a sedan that, I mean, bring it back. Yeah, yeah I see it. Nissan was known for the four door sports car. You yeah. Know, the, well, and the Skylines forever were the well, were the yeah. sleeper looking, almost sedan looking coupe that, by the way, can tear your head off. The GTR has gone away from that. Honestly, the, I yeah, think the for current sure. GTR sure. looks like it wants to eat something. It's just it's out and it's aggressive. Sure. Whereas the Skylines prior to that. If you don't know, you just kind of it's a it's a two door Japanese car, whatever. It was much more sleeper than the, than the the current GTR. Hmm. Even though I wish the current GTR were crazier, but that's a side thing. You know, I'll, I'll go with the Julia for a second. Okay, okay. he, he brought right. up the Julia. All right. So I look at that and I go, "What is that?" Well, that's a fun family sedan. It's a four door fun family sedan. I was going to yeah. define the Julia. Forget uh, even forget the Quadrifoglio. Qu- just in right general, now, yeah. exactly. Quadrifoglio, of course, brilliant. Okay, <laughs> it's really awesome. But what else do we yeah. want to talk about? Well, of course, the BMW 3 Series goes here from base all the way to M3, and we do talk about that car. But if you're talking about a Julia competitor, family fun sedan, this is where the Chevy SS goes. Oh, good. Now we do okay. talk about that okay. car, but it's not for everybody. But it's a great alternative if you're a guy that likes American muscle, and you know a lot of people are going to. The, the Chevy SS isn't nice enough for them, but yet the Chevy SS goes here as a competitor to that Julia, for sure. This is where the Lexus IS and GS both go. I'm not massive I think personal. the GS is too big for this class, though. The, but see, but the Julia is almost a 5 Series. Almost. Yeah. And so the GS is a little big. The GS is large. The, it is. It's a big car. It's a big car. But it's still rear-wheel drive. You can get it with a V8. I mean, I don't mm-hmm, think it's mm-hmm. nearly as interesting to look at or to drive as the Julia, but it does go here as an alt. 
as does the IS. I feel the same way about the IS. The IS we've talked about before, if you get it with a 350 F-Sport setup, it's a surprisingly good car in every category, and by the way, it's reliable as hell. You know the really compelling alt here mm-hmm. is the Genesis brand, the G70 yeah. coming out that G70. still has a manual transmission. And even the Stinger's an argument here. The Stinger's a good argument. Mm-hmm. The Stinger is large, mm-hmm. but it is. you're right. That is an argument, especially the GTE or the GT2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I want to drive the Genesis G70. And and here's the thing, if you we want to go to away for sure. If you want to go away from, you know, this rear wheel drive recipe, you could argue Mazda 6 here. Okay. It's a full-size okay. fun family yeah. sedan. Now as you go into front wheel drive in a family sedan, it gets less fun. I mean, the Honda Accord with good tires can be actually really fun too. But I I want to put people into rear wheel drive family sedans, which is becoming a dying breed. But that's what that Julia represents that we're both in love with. I mean, I think I like it even more than you do, but I but, like but there's I like really good alternatives really to love it. Yeah, I do. You know, I've been thinking about Acura, and actually, a an art center grad named John Ikeda heads up the Acura division, mm. which is actually only for North America, only for the U.S. And I actually had him as a substitute teacher, I think once or twice oh, yeah? in one of my design classes. Funny, like, holy cow, John's the director of Acura now. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. It's a very different take for Acura to have a designer move up through the ranks Mm, and mm. take control of a brand. They do that at the top levels like, you know, Ford has their Mm -hmm. VP of design. But the person in charge of the brand doesn't come from a design background. They come from marketing or business or economics, whatever that is. Yeah. And Bob so I Lutz think is not a designer. Yeah, no, he's not. And I think this is very interesting, although I kind of have a bone to pick with Acura. (laughs) A little bit. I'm looking at their website, and I like their cars. They look okay. good. Okay. But then, why isn't the NSX selling? Mm-hmm. This is a brilliant car. Sure, sure. And on paper, the recipe sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. And you want to buy an Audi R8, or mm-hmm. a used Gallardo, or a used Huracan, yeah. or something. Why don't? What is it about Acura that's not quite there? And I'm reading interviews with John, and he's saying, mm-hmm. you know what? We're not looking for everybody to come be buyers of our cars. Mm-hmm. We're looking for 200,000 people. This Interesting. Year, we're looking for 200,000 people across all of our products, wow. SUVs wow. and sedans and, and cars included. Okay. I thought, all right. wow, okay, very different. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I thought of, all right, Acura is wanting to be a little bit more performance-oriented. Mm-hmm. Honda has the new Civic Type R over here. Yeah. And I would take that actually over the Focus RS. As much as I love the WRX STI, mm. I'd take it over that. Mm. The Golf R okay. and the Evo, even though the Evo's you were You're something. a big fan of that Type R. Mm. Yeah. What is accurate doing with the Civic Type R? Oh, Turn interesting. it into the all-wheel drive car under the Acura brand and make it the hot hatch that... Everybody who doesn't want that styling, which is probably what if they 90% gave percent of those potential styling. buyers. That's a great point. And take that platform, that engine, make mm-hmm. it all-wheel drive, because Acura is now known for the super-handling all-wheel drive and, yeah, and all-wheel steering. I see where you're going. And make the super Civic R under an Acura rebodied. Yeah. Come on, Acura. Yeah, I this see is, where you're going. That's interesting. This is like Mercedes does the GLA AMG 45, mm-hmm. you know, the hot hatch for... You know, I'm I'm past my 20s, or I'm yeah, I'm past sure, the boy racer sure. era. Maybe you're not, but I keep joking about yeah. chopping the back end of the, the Civic Type R off. Mm-hmm. What if Acura 
took that and ran with it. I see it. it. I see it. I like that. I, I feel like there's something there. Yeah. But maybe the crossover isn't something they want. And the headlights are my specific bone to pick because they look like um, like all the the eyes on a, a bug or a oh, fly sure. or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. There's not a specific eyeball or, or a point to look at, which most cars have. They mm. have a definite have a focal point. Yeah. look, a face, a focal point, which is great. There's just a lot of little dazzling lights. And sure. it's technology-based, but it mm-hmm. doesn't give it – it gives it kind of a, a – Staring off into the distance, kind of a look, a very yeah. celestial. I'm kind of gazing off into the future look that. to the car. Yeah. It's not yeah, yeah. a this car is a personality and a face. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. I can't really relate mm-hmm. to it. So from a stylistic standpoint, I want those headlights to be more defined. Mm-hmm. A specific headlight, and maybe there's some extra yeah. halo yeah. stuff around it. But hmm. BMW, you're looking into the eyes of that car. Sure, you are. Yeah, yeah. And wow, I relate to that. I I like the look hmm. of it. Yeah, I see that. I, I wonder if that's preventing Acura from being hmm. more popular stylistically. Okay. Just okay. a thought. Uh, speaking of other greatest hits and the alternatives, WRX. Subaru WRX. You know, actually, we got an email recently asking about why we don't talk about this car more. We talk, don't talk about it more because when we first, first started the podcast, <laughs> we couldn't talk about anything else. Every it single car that we were getting was, you know what, it, you got twenty-five dollars to $30,000, you want all-wheel drive, four-door, just go get a WRX and be happy. That was really <laughs> Check the, the beginning of a lot of the car debate. Go so we, we try to branch out from that. But it is a, it is a greatest hits car because it mm-hmm. is so versatile. It's affordable. They're good to drive. All of these things. It's been argued by actually Ross, who wrote for us on our website. It's argued that it is so good in the winter, it's almost boring because it's just it just does it. It's if there's good bad in the weather, dry. off it's, it goes. Yeah, you know. So WX is great, but if you're wanting a, a kind of that, and I would define that as midsize. It's not a big car. It, it's not the Julia. This is smaller than that. Mm-hmm. So if you want an all-wheel drive four-door, what are your alternatives to that one? And I came up with two. Okay, good. First-gen Golf R. Good. Yeah. Uh, if you shop smart, you might be able to find yourself an Audi S3, similar size. Yeah, yeah. And the Suzuki Kazashi. The Kazashi makes the return. Yeah. We've talked about it off and on on yeah. the podcast. It keeps coming up randomly. I, because s- I still think that's one of their prettiest cars I've ever done. They went out on a high point. They went out on a high point, honestly. <laughs> and that's the similar size to the WRX. It's a great alternative. It's not We're not going to run the, yo, you need a Suzuki Gazette? No, you're gonna, we're going to say WRX. But if yeah. you want to walk away from that, these are other good that's options. That's a good forgotten one. Yeah. You rarely see those. And when you do, you think, now what is that? Mm-hmm. It's actually and quite I, I see nice. them here in Salt Lake every now and then, and they look great. Honestly, they do. And, the, and that was a really good, uh, truly, Suzuki did an excellent all-wheel drive system mm-hmm. underneath that car. So who is buying the Infiniti QX80, the Narwhal, the Narwhal, and the Nissan Armada? Who buys this? Looks like a Narwhal. Get an Expedition or a Suburban, and we're done. You'd think. You would think, yeah. Or any giant SUV with a Hellcat engine from Dodge. (laughs) By the way, in (laughs) all my research, Chrysler has two cars for sale. Two cars. 300 and what? The Pacifica minivan. That is that's it if you go for Chrysler. reach on cars. Wow. You're Isn't t- that amazing? Two vehicles total under their brand. Yep. Wow. Talk about it. nothing to see here. Well, in this highly competitive nothing to see category. <laughs> okay. Hit it. There's Lincoln, Maserati, yeah. Mitsubishi, Karma, Fiat, Chrysler, Buick, Nissan, except for the 370G and the GTR. But yeah. come on. Those yeah. are getting ready for a refresh. We'll say. Yeah, they are. They're a bit old. Chevrolet. Have you looked at Chevrolet's car lineup? Camaro and it's Volta bad. and Bolt aside. It's, it's bad. The Sonic Spark. The, mm-hmm. uh, I totally agree with you, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Where are their competitors in any of those fun categories? Yeah. And I'm putting Toyota on this list. The 86 and the upcoming Supra aside, Mm -hmm. where's the cool next Celica and the cool... Where's the cool Datsuns that Nissan has been teasing us with? Yeah, well, but but everybody's selling appliances in in many cases, and they have their couple of fun cars. You know, I'm going to go... You you mentioned it earlier. I'm going to go to my Cayman alternatives, because, yes, the Cayman comes up a lot. It does. Yeah. So I put that in this category of it's a daily, usable, two-seat sports car. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what it is. Okay. Okay. If you're not buying a Cayman, Jaguar F Type. Good. Corvette. Pick your Corvette generation. Mm-hmm. Corvette. Sure. sure. Nissan 370Z. Aston Martin Vantage. Yeah. They're all dedicated two seaters. All those cars have come up in some capacity or another, they but do. not often. They do. But but here's the thing. They they are often overshadowed by the Cayman because the Cayman's going to come up in discussion. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but all of those cars are viable. I almost want to put the 86 there, but it actually is a 2 plus 2. Mm-hmm. But I almost want to put it there, which makes me jump to, okay, the answer is always Miata argument. Okay. The Miata comes up all the time here and everywhere. If you haven't heard the acronym before, there's somebody that actually broke it down for the spelling of the word Miata is Miata is always the answer. It really has gone that far. It really has gone that far. Uh, yeah. They are great. They're wonderful. But if you if you take that off the table, okay, okay. I'm looking at driver-focused cars that happen to be convertible. They were built to be driver-focused cars. Okay. There's right. not a lot of things. Fiat 124 goes here, MR2 goes here, Boxster goes here, and you could almost also argue the 86, even though it's not a convertible or just two seats. The Fiat, the Fiat 124. Mm-hmm. I really dig that car. I know you do. I know you do. You I like really it more than I like do, it. but it's solid. But the MR2 gets overlooked. It you does. You go buy yourself a used uh, you know, NB or NC Miata, guess what? There's an MR2 on the lot that's probably cheaper. Mm-hmm. Ian, I guess to take a stab at ultimately answering your question here, Clicking with a particular brand mm-hmm. comes down to the thing that happened with the new Beetle when it came out in 1997 oh, or 8. Yeah. The redesign. Sure. They're sure, bringing sure. it back, all this stuff. Well, not everybody used that flower vase as a place to put their flowers. Some people might have bought the car and stuck a cigar in that thing. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Or I give this as an example of people wanting their cars to do more. Mm. The, the layout, the functionality. That's why we saw you know, the Honda Odyssey proliferate with the flip, you know, the rear seat that folded flat into the floor and that defined the car because no other minivan did that. Mm -hmm. And it was, wow, well, why don't all minivans do that? Yeah, that kind of should be the standard, right? And all these features, so it might be that, it might be design and styling. Mm -hmm. It could be just the general layout of the car, but it could be materials. And ultimately, it's perception. Mm -hmm. Think about this. Big time, big time. Are you a Mercedes person? Mm-hmm. What makes a Mercedes person gravitate towards those cars? I've met plenty of them. Mm-hmm. They all they buy is Mercedes Benz. They're Mercedes. Yeah, for sure. From for sure. the trucks to the mm-hmm. sports car, mm-hmm. whatever that is, they love Mercedes Benz. Mm-hmm. And I think, wow, I could. Yeah, I do like that new midsize. Wait, I'm a Porsche guy. I I just like the sure. layout. I like the design. I like how yeah. the buttons and switchgear feels. I like it better. It appeals to my sensibilities more. But that's why Mercedes competes, because it's great over here. You bring up a great point, specifically Mercedes-related. I hadn't thought about this until you started bringing it up. You know, if you're talking M3s, you've got to look at the C63 AMG. You have to. 
You have okay? to. It's a fantastic Agreed. car. But here's yeah. the interesting thing about yeah. Mercedes. Mercedes does a little bit different things with where their stocks are located. Good. Their cruise control yeah. versus their uh, their blinker stocks are, are a little bit different than pretty much every other automaker out there. If you're a person who has driven a Mercedes for the last 10 years, every other car you get in is going to annoy you because the stocks are not where you expect them to be. Conversely, if you've not driven a Mercedes and you get in one to consider about buying it, you're going to be like, why is this so weird? Mm -hmm. We get into these ruts, and you and I try to stay out of them, but we get into these ruts, and this is what I want to encourage all of you listening about, where you've either had a great experience with a car, so it's all you ever buy, well, that brand's been great to me, so it's all I ever buy. That sure. happens in families like crazy because families yeah. need a reliable car that works. And and my dad bought six Chevy Caprices <laughs> in a row. Okay, tastes great, less filling. Seriously, so it, so that? so you get you get dug in in that regard. Or the alternative thing happens where you have a bad experience with a brand that car never ran, and you write off the brand for a decade or two, mm-hmm. and you never we're never buying that. My dad will never buy another Chevy because <laughs> I've heard that story more times than I can yeah. count. Yeah. Okay. So this is what happens, and this is one of the reasons why with Porsches, for example, once a lot of automotive journalists get into Porsches and they are great in spite of me not being the Porsche guy, if something isn't just like a Porsche, there is a segment of the populace who's just like, I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. if you get into my, my wife struggles with this and it struggles too strong or struggles with this. She has her <laughs> Cayenne, which has the, sure. the Porsche left side key thing, right? Right, right. What happens? She gets into every other car and instantly tries to, oh, wait, it's not there. It's on the other side. Oh, it's the headlights. That little stuff, that little stuff, if you're Mm -hmm. used to it, you get in other cars and they feel your instinct is this is wrong. It's not wrong. It's just different. Think of every car, the seating buck, the position was designed by a team, the ergonomics Mm -hmm. people weighed in, the designers did. Everybody thought, you know what, this is how our sensibilities are. This is our team. This is what we're trying to accomplish Mm -hmm. with the feeling of driving this car. And that's why, you know, the story behind the the Porsche left left hand sure, sure, ignition sure. switch and the the turn signal levers and the cruise control levers mm-hmm. you were talking about on Mercedes Benzes. We're all human beings. Everybody, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Human beings all design these cars. They're just very different takes. Mm-hmm. What still blows my mind is we're using all the same materials. How can cars feels so different. Her point. And we're, we're using the- steel and aluminum, plastic yeah. and rubber and leather and Alcantara and all this stuff. Yeah. And yet the layout, the minutia, you move this here and you change that bushing to rubber instead of urethane and yeah, yeah, it has yeah. an entirely different feel. Well, and everybody's adhering at this point to the same safety standards mm-hmm. and the same basic things that we all want in our car. I want a heated seat. I want a cup holder. I want Bluetooth. And you're right. And you still get into five cars in a row and you're like, that was five different experiences. Yeah. Which I actually yeah. love, by the way. Yeah. But this is the problem with the appliance level of most car makers. They have the cars that are interesting and have some level of personality. And then they have the appliances where you could get into four of those blindfolded and be like, I don't know what I'm in anymore. I don't care. I just miss Mitsubishi's crazy naming convention. The Mitsubishi 3000 GTVR4. Where did that come from? How crazy cool was that? And it's gone now, that? yeah. For sure. Well, now they have the Mirage in you know yeah. nail polish color. Uh, I want to talk about one more before we move on, and that is, of course, the GTI comes up all the time. Mm-hmm. It's the do-it-all, yeah. all-around, yeah, sure. fun, usable hatch. Mm-hmm. If you're not buying a GTI, look at the Focus ST. Look at the Mazda Speed 3, even though it's old. Good, good. Look at the Fiesta ST. If you want to go crazier, you're not as concerned about the interior. You want to go crazier, look at the Fiesta ST. Or look at the early-gen Audi A3s. Oh, good. 
I'm going to add the Hyundai Elantra GT Sport. I know you're a fan of that car. It's a I'm solid. A it's a solid contender there. It's a solid contender. I just wish Hyundai would bring the N everything. I, I know they're bringing yeah. the Veloster here, yeah. but N it up. N everything. Just N everything in Hyundai's line, and we'll be happy. I see. Because Mazda it. isn't. Well, their Mazda speeding days are over, apparently. Yeah, I guess so. Interesting question, Ian. If you've got a topic Tuesday, please write to us. We're we're intrigued by these questions, and I, I think you can see where it's going. But clearly, I think it's we could actually, go on too. Yeah, it's stretching us. You know, I yeah. feel like Cadillac is kind of on the downslope a little bit mm-hmm. right now. The Q system was a big Achilles heel for them, and yeah. we've loved what they're doing. Yeah. But it's sort of going. What's next for Cadillac and the V series? What, what's next? I mean, really, you, you I'm could asking. Argue, you could argue Julia M3, your ATS or CTS goes there. ATS is smaller but they than, just feel CTS like sort is of, bigger than. All right, old but, news. What else you got up your sleeve, Cadillac? But the problem is, yeah, they didn't sell well at all. They, I mean, yeah. those, those platforms didn't sell, let alone the V versions. Like the platform in general didn't yeah, sell. We're talking about the ATS and CTS being merged the into versions one car. brilliant. They're fantastic. Amazing cars. But the base ATS handles much better than it has any right to. <laughs> Honestly. That's a great Honestly. way of putting it, actually. The, the, yeah. the Julia and the ATS, I think you could take them both down a back road and have a real argument about which is better to just drive. Mm-hmm. But yet I would rather look at and sit in the Julia. Convince your parents or your grandparents to go buy the Volvo S90. This is a crazy cool. It's, it's not cool. the German big sedans. Very cool. Don't pick the Camrys anymore. Get away from the Camrys. Yeah. Go buy an S90 and an S60. Yeah, why Different, not? intriguing, luxurious mm-hmm. jewelry. Jewelry. Well, but our, our big thing from when we started the show was we and, – and we and look, I will admit, some days we do this better than others. But our intention has always been if this car, whatever the car we're talking about is, had no badge, mm-hmm. is it any good? Mm-hmm. Because the thing I love about that, that discussion and approaching it that way is sometimes you're shocked like shocked and amazed when you find out what the badge is. This is one of those. How did they make a car this good? And vice versa, where yeah. it's like, shouldn't this be better? It has that badge on the front. Yeah. So we try True. really hard to disconnect ourselves from the badge, drive the car and be like, is this any good in isolation? And then this is where the, if you want to say it this way, the, the overlooks happen. Because then we go, this is really great. However, it has this other thing in the category that's exactly. really, really good. Automotive journalism dumb the kingdom of whatever yeah, you call yeah. automotive journalism was surprised by the Kia Stinger mm. and as soon as I sat at it at the Frankfurt Auto Show I could have called it I could have told you it was good <laughs> I was I didn't even drive it I just yeah. sat in and went yeah, yeah. oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> they're they're bringing the noise they're gonna kick everybody right in the teeth they're gonna surprise everybody for sure yeah yeah uh, yeah and, and, I, I am and everybody went collectively this is a Kia yeah I'm excited uh, about the Genesis G70 for that same reason because it's too. that platform a little bit smaller and offered with a manual okay let's surprise some people BMW walks away from the manual and <laughs> Hyundai walks in and goes like, uh, excuse me we'll scoop that up <laughs> that entire market segment looking for us hi alright we'll take a break and we'll be right back it's that time of year when everybody plays Michael Jackson's Thriller which means Halloween is upon us and you're going to love all the thrilling shows Podcast One has to offer you can get ready for chills and all the Halloween fun with some of the best crime and mystery shows around like Beyond the Darkness or Serial Killer Podcast. That sounds light, doesn't it? The Cold Case Files, Murder Made Me Famous, First Degree, and many, many more. You can listen to all these thrilling shows today on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm here to talk about Amsoil. Why Amsoil? Because they're a bunch of car people. They're gearheads. They're into all kinds of power sports. They just get cars and vehicles. 
The Amsoil folks have created a guide to increasing horsepower in your vehicle. It's got insider tips from some of the best in the business on coaxing a lot more power out of your engine. Get a free copy of this horsepower guide at amsoil.com driver. When you're there, you can find out more about Amsoil synthetic motor oil too. You know, like how Amsoil Signature Series Synthetic Motor Oil delivers 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss and wear than required by a leading industry standard. Go to amsoil.com driver now to get your free insider's guide to increasing horsepower. Everybody's got a to-do list. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% on your car insurance, or maybe even more. Got extra money in your pocket? This just may be the most rewarding thing you do today. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No. I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. We're back with Dustin writing to us with a car debate. He's trying to figure out, okay, um, there's peer pressure in this car debate. There's a lot I don't think it. we've ever really touched on something like this before. We're talking about peer pressure. It exists. He has a car that he really likes, but his buddies don't think it's good enough, and now he's thinking about upgrading it, and he's coming to us and going, here's my story. Am I crazy? What do I do? Dustin got this car about six months ago from somebody on Craigslist selling it. The car has been great. It is a 2012 BMW 335iS. The IS. With the dual clutch. Now, DCT. I, I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to stop right here, Dustin, and tell you that's one of those cars that comes up every now and then in wild card territory. They're roughly twenty grand now, and I'm going to back your play right away, Dustin, and say I love that car. And I think in many ways, yeah. look, that's the E90 series M3, E90 it is. or E92 it is. series M3, which we've we, look we've driven that car on back roads in E90 in multiple. It's in our Icon film. Yep. We did another review of it a yep. while back. Prior to that, we've driven the E92, which is the two door M3 version, on the ring multiple times, as, as well as on the street. In spite of all of that, I would be hard-pressed if you asked me which one, the M3 or the 335iS. And mm-hmm. I think personally, for a daily driven car, I would probably go IS. Dustin got this car from this guy selling it, and it has a dine-in stage three tune. He said the car is flawless, had 39,000 miles. Dustin's up in the Bay Area in Oakland, California. He moved here from Georgia just less than a year ago, and he's gotten to know a group of friends there. He said these guys should be employed by BMW as their M Division's heads people. Yeah. They're, they're, they're and I know they're listening. for the M brand. Hey, yeah, guys. For sure, for I know sure. you're listening. Yep. You're, you're wanting to know what we're going to say about Dustin's car here mm-hmm. because they all own the competition E90 M3s, M2s, competition F80 M3s. He said one guy has a competition E90 and an E90 M3 and a Ferrari Dino. Mm-hmm. To say they have M fever would be putting it lightly, yes. he writes. These, and are, then, these are the, the <clears throat> yeah. They found out he bought this non-M, the mm-hmm. non-motorsports BMW. And he hasn't heard the end of it. Yeah, they kind of cannot believe he didn't buy an M car. He said they ragged Dustin and gave him crap every day for weeks and weeks. Mm-hmm. 
So fast forward six months into his ownership, he's noticing the car is a little softer than he'd like. He's starting to push it on back roads. He's mm-hmm. wanting to do a few specific upgrades, even though it does have some things already. For sure. But he's talking about M3 subframe bushings, mm-hmm. M3 sway bars and control arms, and the Olin's probably the, uh, the road and track suspension. He's looking at that. Yeah. Fair enough. But the question here is two parts. Is it worth it to do these specific upgrades to this chassis? Mm-hmm. Or should he have bought the M3 to begin with? And then if he shouldn't have bought the M3, what does he say to this pack of friends what that are kind do? of what does he do? tearing him down a little bit? I love the 335 IS. It's, it's the sleeper you don't see coming. I really, really like that car, Dustin. I'm a big fan. I've recommended it before on the podcast. And I honestly think I would debate amongst myself about that in three generation. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, would you buy? Well, Todd, what do you think? Yes, I'm talking about myself in the third person. <laughs> Honestly, I think I would have a serious debate because I, I, as a daily car, I think that, that, that M3 is fantastic, that V8 is fantastic, if you can wind it out enough. And mm-hmm, most of us don't mm-hmm. drive a car on the street that way. And that IS has the turbo with more torque available than the M3, even when it's wound out. That's more the daily car. Uh-huh. But see, this is where this gets oddball. I, I, first off, I fully want to back you, Dustin, on that IS purchase. I think it was a great, unexpected call. You yeah. didn't buy an M car, but you know what I'm going to say to you? Look, I'm also the guy that drives weird cars. Who cares you didn't buy an M car? You bought a car you loved. It's been a great car for you, and you've enjoyed it. That's a win. I agree. So that's the first start. But here's the thing. I want to ask you what the issue is with back roads. Because oh, where he's feeling, here's, I want a sharper handling car. Here's the thing: if what you're feeling is, I love this IS, I don't have any problems with it, but I wish I had a car that was dynamically better on back roads. I'm going to say to you, you don't need a BMW. You need to change to something else entirely. Oh, interesting. Branch out. Interesting. Because look, you could take this. Will his friends chassis. disown him though. They could, but honestly. That I'm, I'm going to sound like a parent for a minute, but then they're not your friends. Anyway, <laughs> seriously. They weren't worth knowing anyway. No, seriously, because no. here's the thing. That, that Generation M3 is a genuinely big car. It is. I okay. Can say that. Sure. You put it on the ring and you drive it hard and you realize very powerful, very fun, also <laughs> quite large. Also quite large. It is. Okay. Although so, a lot yes. Of people running M3s out there. For sure. No, I'm not. Of course they are. And they're running them fast. That's yeah. not the question. But yeah. the thing is, if what you're thinking is this car is a little softer than I'd like, it's not the back road car I'd like, there's a part of me that thinks. You need to get yourself into something smaller and more dedicated to corners because mm. you're never going to get that 335 IS or even the M3 equivalent down to feel as small and light and planted and precise in corners as a more focused, smaller car. That's pretty good. I didn't see that coming, I admit. I like that. Dustin, as quick as I can, you might still have your car. If you do, I am agreeing with Todd. I like that car. I like it a lot, as a matter of fact. And as fast as I can, there's an article on Super Street Online okay. by an author named Greg Emerson who interviews the man who created this car, the IS, okay. only for North America and talks mm. about his mm. approvals. I won't say anything about it, but it goes through everything he had to do to satisfy BMW, the mothership, and get oh, it through wow. and the reasons okay. why he created this special model. Okay. Keep in mind, Dustin, this was built in a very special moment in time for BMW. The 1M from 2011, your car's your car yeah. was built from yeah, 2011 yeah. to 2013. 
I don't know the exact build numbers for my internet research. I've come up with about 6,300, somewhere in that range. Mm. Whereas M3s and all the iterations, E90, 92, and 93, about 57,000 were built. <laughs> so you have the unique car by you have far. the unique discerning choice. Not everybody knows about them. Interesting. It's a I very unique went. BMW. Yeah. Now, in by comparison... Finding an M3 from that era is about as rare as finding a Starbucks near you. Except in Italy. There's only one Starbucks in Italy, in <laughs> Milan, but I digress. All right. Yes. This car, which you probably know and have probably defended yourself with, is this overboost function. Seven mm-hmm. seconds of turbo overboost mm-hmm. that actually produces more peak torque than the M3 ever did. Yeah. And you're competing against this V8. By the way, that V8 you'll notice never ever went back in an M3. So yeah. I would maintain that the inline six that your car has is actually kind of closer to the original motorsports <laughs> thinking from where the M division grew out of. You're really just starting a fight among these guys. I am. What you're doing. I'm giving you give Dustin, Dustin ammo. power though, for sure. I'm yeah. giving him ammo. And by virtue of that inline six, the front end is lighter, mm-hmm. giving it a better, lighter handling feel, and it still has that hydraulic steering in it. It does, yeah. It's a great car. It's and a, a so car. it doesn't have, as you alluded to, the heavy fuel-sucking V8, which mm-hmm. is amazing in it's the M3. It's a great engine. It's a very cool engine. But you've got this rev-happy inline-six. BMWs are known for the inline-six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, V8s didn't continue after that E90 whatever generation of cars. Mm-hmm. They went back to the inline six, kind of like Mia culpa. We we, <laughs> we did that. We're going this way we're again. We're yeah, going back funny. the other way. It is. You could say this. It's half of a McLaren F1 engine. We all know the <laughs> V12 engine in the, in the McLaren F1. It's sure, exactly half of there's that. There's an argument right? that you win for sure. Okay, yeah. but I'm going to leave you with this, Dustin. The drag coefficient for your car, Uh-oh. the 335 IS, is 0.30. Okay. Whereas the drag coefficient for the same model E92 M3 is 0.31. Better for fuel economy and top <laughs> speed. I think I went somewhere you didn't expect. You went somewhere I didn't expect, honestly. <laughs> so, Dustin, I hope there's something helpful for you in there. I am going to say, look, go back on our uh, usual suspects or greatest hits or however you want to look at it. Possibly shop a smaller car. I do like that. Take though. the M, the the BMW M badge out of the equation and shop a different brand if you're really concerned about cornering. If that's mm-hmm. what you're chasing, but cool car, man. Honestly, excellent car. And by the way, just think: there's many people who will never be able to own a BMW in their life. Yeah. You and your friends have them already, and if and it's awesome. standing around comparing which parts are ultimately faster, <laughs> and you haven't proven that on a racetrack, well. The times are coming, isn't it? Well, true. Because you've heard the story about the the guy. I can't corroborate this. It's a it's an urban legend okay. myth at okay. Willow Springs. There was a track day, and everybody was out there turning hot laps in the hottest thing. And some guy rolled up in his wife's BMW 5 Series wagon and spanked everybody because he knew the track and he knew how to drive. Yeah. It yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. So if yeah, yeah. you're throwing parts at the car, well, I just got this part. Who cares? Are you faster? Yeah. Did you upgrade the driver? <laughs> or did you just upgrade your car? Well, and also, I want to touch on this real quick, Dustin. Be careful of the tuning out of class thing. Very much What's so. What's the point at which you throw all the stuff at this car? And this is why I'm talking about smaller cars. What's the point at which you throw Fair all the enough. stuff at this car and it Fair still enough. doesn't get smaller and lighter and better handling? It got the It's the best 335 IS out there while I'm just going to pick it, while a Cayman goes by you. Sure. 
or a, or somebody driving an 86 really well thunders by you and they have half your horsepower but yet they're so good in corners that they're waving that you're waving them by and maybe BMW is the only car that appeals to maybe. Dustin and absolutely maybe that's totally you know, Porsches not into fine yeah whatever but you know I I do like your smaller lighter what if you rolled up in a different BMW a Z4 M coupe or ooh, something ooh there you go that was different same engine or mm-hmm. not the same uh, anyway. I see where you're going yeah. Something like that, and it's you're in a different category, but you're still BMW. Yeah, I like and it. now you're going that direction. But ultimately, I do think that car is worth it because they're rare, they're unique, they're great to drive. Yeah, they're cool. I they're think your cool. purchase is well justified. Whatever you do, Dustin, you know what? Let us know because yeah, I'm curious sure. as to uh, after sure. your friends hear this podcast and hello guys. Yeah, we don't all, mean to start fights. They're all but writing I'm, in as well. I'm I'm giving some ammo. You can see it. It just to kind of depends on who you are. There's going to be a big bar conversation happening after this. <laughs> yeah, while we're staying with BMWs, well. I'll jump to audience questions and I'll start with Brian right right now asking the question: Have we ever driven the BMW One Series? If you're talking about the European uh, five door, no, it did not come here. If you're talking about that generation that had the 135 and the 128i, yes, hmm. and I'm actually a big fan of that 135 hmm. you spec it right it's a pretty good car so yes we have question from the prior podcast jason r13 jason rigo 13 on instagram writes to me saying do i have a best practice for safely removing snow from your car he doesn't have a winter beater and he has a 2018 gti that is precious to him i get that well there's two methods the first one is high-speed driving and that will remove all the snow don't do that the people behind I you kid, hate you i kid i kid the second one is to use your gloved hand, ideally something soft like a woolen knitted glove, maybe especially, uh, especially designed oh, no, knitted glove made we're, of Alcantara. We're reaching out to griots now, aren't we? To make removing us a snow, snow with your glove. hand. Stop. You can scrape your windows just fine. Who cares? Yeah. Use any scraper. Your windows are your windows. Does grass, gra- does grass, does glass scratch? Yes, it does. But for the most part, any but not with your plastic scraper is yeah. going to be fine. So for paint though, I usually use my hands. I've got my ski gloves on. Mm. I just take piles of snow and I slide it off. Hmm. Okay. I, uh, I use a brush, but anyway, I don't, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Hey, it, Convulsions actually, over actually here. you know what? I normally don't use the brush. I use now you can get them with the rubber edge squeegee. Yes. Which works fine because Those that is a great. water removal tool mm-hmm. after you wash your car. So that's on the other end from the mm-hmm. ice scraper is the squeegee. I actually have one of those now that I That'll love work. and you can actually pull whole sections off your car at once because that is by far better than the brush. Of course it is. If that is Jason or uh, yeah, Jason, if that is truly something that is special to you, I do recommend the paint protection film Mm -hmm. and then all your worries go out the window. Yes, except for the cost of the paint protection film. Well, where's the, where's the question here? Hang on. It's uh, Simon asked the question on, on Twitter. How much should it cost to get paint protection film on the front end of his car? Not Nothing be beyond the front wheel arches. Did now he say what car? He's in L.A. He's just saying up at the front wheel arches. He's in, in the L.A. area, which means it's going to be pricier. He's getting mm-hmm. he's getting prices listed to him between about 600 and $1,500. And, Simon, I'm going to say to you, that's about right. That's about right. Yeah. Go get that's that. about right. I was going to say, like... The front end of the Cayman was eighteen hundred bucks. Yeah, just for the front end. That and was the to your eight pillars, right? Yeah, it was to so your the eight pillars, the rockers, and a little bit up the back. And I gasped. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean the, the, it also it. varies a lot depending upon what type of film they're putting on there. I know you just had all of the Cayman done. Mm-hmm. I'm about to get the front of the Lancer done because I'm tired of beating up on front ends of cars. Yeah. Uh, so there's that, and I'm expecting honestly to spend seven or eight hundred bucks to do all the way to the A pillars on the Lancer. I don't want to spend that, but the 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 trade off though it's the trade off 
is after a couple of winters here in Salt Lake with all of the stuff, you got to get the whole car repainted, which could well, be far yeah. more expensive, which is why I'm going to yeah. do it. But I think you're in a, a it, it hurts, but I think you're in the right category. Hmm. It's a question over here on Facebook from Adam F. What do we think of getting a really nice, clean, low mile, high trim version of one generation of car mm-hmm. versus a lower trim, earlier year, higher mileage of the next generation? If that's what's appealing to you, I say get it. Honestly, I, mm-hmm. especially the low mile. I mean, ultimately drive your cars. Porsches with low miles can be suspect in a way because if they've just sat, that mm. actually can be a bad thing. They do well being cars driven. Cars yeah. like to be driven. They work and they mm-hmm. operate better when they're driven regularly. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean all the time. But, yeah. I mean, if you have a, one, one or two days where you don't drive it or it's parked in an airport, fine. But. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Well, Adam, jumping onto this, I, I like that answer, but jumping onto this, I want to add, when you're looking at generations of cars, which generation should I buy, I think you just have to shop the best you can with your money and features. If there is a generation that has a feature you absolutely must have, then that ties you to, I have to get this new gen because it has fill in the blank. I don't know what mm-hmm, that is. Mm-hmm. But like, look at Miatas, for example. Which Miata would you like? Which Miata can you afford? You know, that that's a bigger question than just, well, I have to get the new one. You don't have to get the new one. You can have fun in any of them. Mm, sure. And and, sure. Then, and I, I actually would shop a really well-taken-care-of, loaded-out, older model than the beat-on newer model. I would do that if the older model had everything I was looking for. Why not? Sure. I can see that. There was also a question from Andrew S. on Facebook asking about American car companies and are they ever going to build a rear-wheel drive daily car again and maybe with all-wheel drive options? Nope. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking out of turn, I apologize. No, it's it's fair. Chrysler is going to turn into the minivan company or the minivan brand, we'll say. I think the 300 is not going to last too much longer, unfortunately. Chevy? Ah. Taurus, yeah. Well, Ford's already said no more sedans. Chevy's supposedly considering it. Um, we're we're in a we're in a problem because we're all buying CUVs and SUVs, and that's what's. I mean, but the, here's the thing: the car companies are going to make what people buy. If we, as a general, like in mass car people, ran out and all bought rear wheel drive sedans from whoever was making them, guess what? Chevy and Ford would suddenly go. You know, what we should make a rear wheel drive sedan. The slack is going to be taken up by the Koreans. We're seeing that with the Genesis brand. We talked about manual transmissions. BMW is leaving that goodbye. Mm -hmm. And Genesis will swoop in and corner that enthusiast market. Maybe Infinity might. Maybe they, you know, something like that. And we'll think, I never saw that coming. What a brilliant idea. They thought of a rear-wheel drive four-door sedan. Huh. But but I will also say this to you though if the if the G seventy doesn't sell or if the Kia Stinger doesn't sell well those cars will go away in a generation they, they will. absolutely will they so will I would happens. hate to see that uh, Eric Storley wrote in on IG and asked me a question about the Lotus Elise clamshell I'm going to try to be brief here Ooh, yeah but he's he's looking at the front end of his friend's Elise they want to do some radiator maintenance not surprising. That's something that happens. The radiator starts to leak. You can put an aftermarket one. Sometimes the clamps are bad. Ask me how I know. Uh, I'm aware of this. But but here's the thing. He's saying, okay, taking the front clamshell off the car, which if you can visualize in a lease, it is the body of the car from the A-pillar forward. The entire body is coming off the car. Mm. Okay? Can you do that DIY? Should they or should they leave it to experts? He's saying, look, my buddy and I, we, we work on watches. We do a lot of technical stuff together. We have the like the background. We're not scared of taking something apart, but should we? 
I, I have not done this, but I've looked into it at length. So I can't speak from experience. I can just speak from research, okay? You're taking the front half of the car off from the doors forward, okay? <laughs> this is, first off, Yikes. not a one-man job, period. Yeah. yeah. There, are, there are very good, I've looked through all of them, I've read the whole thing. There are very good descriptions online for how to do it. You will not believe the number of places the front end of that car is fastened. Hmm. You're all over the place. Well, and needs then to be, though. getting the radiator out beyond that is also difficult because the radiator has the air conditioning system underneath it, which is very difficult. Packaging in a tiny car. Yes. So my, my first caution to you is this. If you get the front clamshell off, be careful you don't crack it. If you get it off, you don't have to store that somewhere, and it's bigger than the largest coffee table you can imagine. Where is that going to sit and not get damaged? That's a huge problem. And then if you break something, it's on you. The number one reason I want someone else to do my Lotus bodywork work is because if they break it, they bought it. <laughs> but I will say this. I had somebody, I actually priced out what it would cost to get the radiator worked on for my Lotus Elise, and it was 10 hours of labor. Oh, you're kidding me. And that's putting on a lift, mechanics doing it right, a couple of guys tacking it, 10 hours of labor. So you and your buddy have got a project in front of you if you want to do it yourself. You can go slow, find places to put things, and be prepared for it to be difficult because clearances are, are really hard. Wow. You you know what you're talking about. The the clam. Yeah. Front half of the car. Wow. A pillar forward is now laying in the corner of the garage. Golly. Yeah. All right. Question from Johnny F. on Facebook, who asks, when should I start test driving new cars? He's currently in the process of saving for his next car, and he'll reach his goal in about a year from now. Now, he's interested in a Camaro ZL1, but he's never driven one, and he said it's a lot more car than he's ever had. Well, the Camaro ZL1 is a lot more car than most people, most people have ever <laughs> you're, had. You're right. <laughs> uh, yes. You're not alone there. All right, should he test drive one sooner rather than later so he'll know if he likes driving it or not? Because he doesn't want to go through the dealership hassle and show up. Because, of course, when you walk into a dealership, mm -hmm. they think you're ready to buy. Yeah. Even yeah, yeah. though that's generally not the case. Yeah. But it is hard to shop when you've got your heart set on a car, mm -hmm. and a lot of people have done this. And in the comments here, there there have been many people, yeah, uh, Adam yeah. F. and Greg L. Yes, guys, uh, you've saved for a car, and then you think, I drove it 100 feet, and I didn't like it. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. wow, my now what? It kind of strips your gears, yeah. metaphorically, in many ways. Possibly, legitimately, yeah. <laughs> You're thinking, well... I had my heart set on this car. Mm -hmm. I've been saving for a year. I knew I read all the reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really don't like it. Mm -hmm. Now what? So I am giving you permission, Johnny. Give yourself permission to start driving now. As soon mm -hmm. as you can, do not wait. Yes, go get yourself in a ZL1. And Turo is an option, hopefully. Uh, well, he well, says it's all but non-existent in his area, so that's out. See if you can find friends. <laughs> Actually, it might mean a road trip or... You know what? You need to go take a vacation, a mini vacation in a city where yes. you can get into yes. multiple Turo cars, and that's part of your research. Mm -hmm. That's part of what you're saving for. I agree with that. I agree with that. Maybe it means flying to L.A. or Vegas or mm -hmm. some Dallas. I, or yeah. where, I don't know where you're located, but something like that, and you turn it into a little, you know what? This weekend's for me. It's a research trip. Maybe you've got some other errand to run in that city. You go shopping for... I don't Who know knows. what clothes yeah. or I, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you need, but I'm going to a movie in Los Angeles. Oh, look, I'm driving a Turo car. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You know, um, well, take a friend with you. Yeah. Go have a thing of it. Go do a little sightseeing. Go to some cool place in that city where you want to go. You've always mm -hmm. wanted to go to that city and then 
Go start driving. Get in the cars. Uh, not only that, I'm actually gonna gonna reinforce what you've just said, Paul, because I'm gonna say not only do you need to drive the ZL1. I know you're a year or so away, but you're saving. But you're saving to an area where, uh, look, you're gonna have roughly forty five, fifty grand. It's gonna sound like maybe a little more. Okay, to buy a ZL1. Yeah. So if that's yeah. what you're saving for, you have lots of car options at that price point. I'm gonna Ton. say to you, you need to drive more than just the ZL1. Absolutely. I, 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 I'm always cautioning people to the idea of I am saving for one car. It's my idyllic car. It's going to be this car that's going to, all I ever wanted. And Because here's the thing. If you drive it and you don't like it, you are going to feel subconscious pressure for, what if I don't buy this car? I've told everybody I want right. one. You're going to have feel this pressure all year long. to do it anyway. Aren't you Go. saving for specs at that point? I'm saving my money for this 0 to 60 time and this well, powertrain and this horsepower maybe. and this... But I don't like it, so now what? Exactly. But but you know, I love the looks of it. Every review I've seen, it seems like the car for me. Mm. I get all of that. Please go drive this car, but also drive the competitors. Drive the GT350. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Put yourself in a Cayman or, a, or an older 911. Drive stuff that would be roughly what you're saving for, and don't just drive that car. And drive those things now and get a sense of, I never knew that car was that cool. Because mm-hmm. you may now end up saving for something different than you expect, and you've got to educate yourself on that pronto. So you're saying we need the transporter to roll up to your house. We do. We need the transporter. With the curated list. Okay, so you're looking for hot hatches. So we've got the hot hatch transporter. (laughs) Oh, you're looking for rear-wheel drive hot muscle car. I'm sorry. That one's in Missouri this week. (laughs) Exactly. We're going to have to reschedule you. That's terrible, but funny. I like that. But yeah, you're going to have to make a thing of it. And Johnny, absolutely. Get going now. Part of your research means doing the driving. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. for whatever it is. It's I heard it in design school, and it's always about sketching. It's mm-hmm. putting in the mm-hmm. mileage. You're just sketching in your notebook and sketching and constantly thinking through your pencil or your pen. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about cars, we've always said it. You can't drive a spec sheet. We got a lot of vitriol for our original Nissan GTR review. Sure, yeah. From everybody oh, yeah. who had read the specs, mm-hmm. and it was spanking 911 GT3s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was spanking every car. And then GT3, GTR owners actually started to weigh in on the YouTube comments and said, yeah, guys, I, I think you're kind of right, actually. I mm-hmm. agree with you on yeah, a lot of these yeah, points. Yeah. And I'm an owner. I'm a brand new owner. Mm-hmm. And that was 09? Yeah, it was early. Yeah. We got a lot of hate that is for our, that. That is our lowest rated YouTube video Ever. of all time. It's and very funny. And if you watch yeah. it, watch it with our sense of, wow, this car is amazing. We really like it for what it can do. Mm-hmm. But the feeling that we're personally searching for isn't there. Yeah. It might be for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. Which is fine. But that car, it, it it's, was, it it's was such, such a controversial a, car It was still. such a world beater in all of the press coverage that for us to get in and say anything negative about it was blasphemy. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the price point came in half the price of 911 GT3s and spanking everybody and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. And, and now it's kind of expensive. Good and rant, by the way. Yeah. Now other cars have <laughs> surpassed it in performance. and <laughs> It's interesting, isn't it? You know, here we are now. And anyway, it just kind of reminded me of that. Uh, D. Keating 711 asked if I'm going to, before I pl- replace the exhaust on the Lancer, give people the opportunity <laughs> to hear the current one. I am going to shoot a piece on this car, and I will shoot it before and after the exhaust, but I've mm. got to get this exhaust f- fixed before I go deaf. Let me um, make a prediction, and that is your in-car interview with the exhaust isn't going to be long. I want to see if I can actually figure out like the DB ratings of both, and I hope it hope it, it fixes it. It'll be I'm sure thing. there's an app with a DB rating I've you can download. I've got one on my phone, of course. Okay. I do. Uh, Olin also wrote in, we, we met him in Seattle recently he's yeah, got that, hey, uh, hey, that targa 
Yeah, very, very nice. nice so he's saying, all right, I live in Seattle. I've got my 911. I don't do ski trips in it. I'm not going to be – if it snows, this car will not go anywhere. Mm. He's already said that. So does he need winter tires in rainy Seattle? Ooh. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no because I think yeah. – look, look, somebody's going to correct me, but I think the number of days that you're going to be in Seattle that are going to be solidly below 40 all day are going to be very slim to begin with. And then you've already said if it snows, you're not moving the car. I say stay on really good performance tires and be done. Excellent. There was a last question for me from Frankie Peartree about Peugeot's e-legend concept car that has been recently introduced – I say something like that can't come soon enough for enthusiasts. It reminds me of the Datsun concepts from mm. two years ago. Okay, they're bringing okay. the Datsun nameplate back. And, sure, yeah, yeah. You know, bringing stuff, the, yeah. you know, channeling the five ten, mm-hmm, bringing mm-hmm. it back with the original recipe, and then they didn't do anything. <laughs> None of that they occurred. Just yeah, kept making the three seventy Z. No, Peugeot is seeing. I think from crowd reaction. I haven't really dissected all the details, and of course, pictures make things look very different. Yeah. But the proportions, that's what enthusiasts need, and nobody's building them. I heard that Nissan, we're about to go to SEMA, I heard that Nissan is bringing a 400 horsepower 370Z to SEMA, and I just thought, why? Why? Uh, Is anybody going to freak out and flip out and go, if, oh, I'm so glad you did this. Yeah. It's a 400 horsepower 370Z. Cool that it made 400 horsepower now, but <laughs> how, you know, this car walks around with a walker. It's been around forever. <laughs> it's been around forever. There's some Corvette generations that rival it, certainly, but. True, true, true. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, we're ready. Everybody's ready. I still don't know what's going on over at Nissan. I'm not sure what's going on. I'm not sure that Nissan knows. I think that's part of the problem. All right, guys, thank you a million for your questions. Really appreciate all your Topic Tuesday and your car debates. Write to us, TV at gmail.com or everydaydriver.com. We're off to SEMA. Thanks a million. Cheers. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it, GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks. Prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.